0: God does not think or see like men. Nor does he deal with us like a man. Because God is not a man after all. He does not lie. He does not speak and change his mind. What he say he will do, he will do. What he promised, he will fulfill. That's who he is. Is Jehovah. That's how we know him. That he say what he means, he means what he says. Hallelujah. Whatever he speaks He speaks it with every intention of seeing it come to pass. Even if it is spoken in a way that it seems like it's not too serious to God, it does not make it any less serious. Are you with me, children of God? Whatever he says or declares, he means it. If he says, I'll make you the head, he means it. If he says, I'll bless you, he means it. There's just one thing that challenges me when it comes to how we relate to God, but I think most of the time, what what it becomes a challenge is we 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 are seeing Him only from the eye of the theoretical knowledge, with very little experience of this God. Therefore, we are not so far different from one man in the Bible, who speaks about. How he also experienced God. But then he wondered what happened. If you go to Judges chapter 6. Judges 6 from verse 11. God is not a man. He's not a man. He's God. Let's go to that book of Judges 6. Judges chapter 6. So we take it from verse 11 there. Take it from verse 11. But I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. From verse 1 it says, Then we jump to verse 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up also Amalekites and the people of the east will come up against them. Then they will encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they will come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in, a numerous, in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they will enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. I want you to just think about this for a moment. This is a powerful nation, a nation of God, a people of God, the firstborn of God. And the Bible says, they faced such a challenge that what was happening to them now was that they had enemies who will just wait for the time when they look like they are starting to rise up, they are starting to be productive, they are starting to show some fruit for their life, they are starting to enjoy life. They will come and take everything. The Bible says they will leave nothing. They will leave nothing to sustain them. This means they leave them so much in poverty. They leave them so much in want. They leave them in a great lake. Now, these are the people who are, their only hope was God. Their only advantage in life was their trust in God. They are believing God. And they were being knocked on the very same thing. Trusting God was seeming to not be productive for them, was seeming not to be of advantage to them any longer. Trusting God was seeming to be not a solution to what they were going through. The Bible says the Midianites will come. Not only them, but the Amalekites and also the people who are coming from the east. They will come with their camels. Camels, because camels, they were using them to collect. Today, it will be like they were coming with their trucks. They will come and collect everything, everything that they harvested and left them with nothing. They will take their livestock. They will take everything. But, you know, even though that was happening these whole seven years, year after year, even though they were left with nothing, The following year, they were already flourishing. Somebody say, hallelujah. Even though they were being tortured like this, tormented like this, think about this. These people could not have come back or returned back if there was nothing to take from them. If they'd taken everything and there was nothing left and there was nothing to take. But the Bible says they kept coming. Year after year, they kept coming to take more. It means the little That was left. God proved something here. That I work with something that seems like nothing to give you the abundance. They were left in poverty. They were left in shame. They were left without sustenance. But in that very condition, God could prosper them to a point where it will attract again the same enemies. I hope somebody is understanding this. If God can be like this, if God can do something so marvelous, what stops him from doing something like this for us today? We need to believe that it is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The children of God were known for being blessed. They were known for being different because of what they possessed, because of what God was doing in their lives. This was amazing. This was strange to other nations. What I want you to see tonight is, Even though things were so difficult, God was still able to sustain them and lift them, left with nothing to sustain them. The following year, they'll be flourishing. But look at this. Even though it was like that, they could not see. They could not see Jehovah. They could not see because their cry was, we are having a harvest is taken. We are having produce is taken. We have flock, they take it. Look at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in opera. Then he says, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. Then he says, While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. These words, as sweet, as wonderful as the sound, as far-fetched as the sound, that's how God looks at people even when we are under distress, when we are under a situation that we are about to give up. God is seeing great man, great woman. He's seeing greatness. He's a God who chooses to see greatness. He says to Abraham, Abraham, come walk before me, I'll make you great. It means he was already identifying greatness in a man who was just an ordinary man who was struggling with his wife through a process of barrenness, failing to solve the issue. But he says, I see you as a great man who would be a blessing to nations out of what I'll give you from your own lines. Somebody say hallelujah. That's how God looks at us. God is not a man. We are so much affected by Because we are looking only at how people define us, how people relate to us, how people reflect our lives. And we think that's how God reflects. God was seeing a man of valor. God was seeing a mighty man. God was seeing a mighty warrior. God was seeing a a strong man standing before him. He was just busy saying, let me hide the little I can hide. Let me take the little that I can can take and go and hide it somewhere so that we don't get destroyed by these people. They don't take everything. It was like he was operating under fear. Let me say this to you. When you are a child of God, don't ever think it's wrong to find yourself operating under fear. Let me tell you. What do I mean by that? The Bible says we are not given the spirit of fear. But we have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of a sound mind. We have the spirit of Christ. This spirit makes us to cry, Abba. Now, we have not been given the spirit of fear. And I say to you, as a child of God, don't be afraid to operate when you feel like, it's like I have fear. No. Because a child of God does not have fear. Let's make it straight. If you're not given the spirit of fear, you can't operate under fear. There's just something in man that sometimes we define it as fear. But it is not fear. It is our act of faith. It It is courage in the midst of trouble. To have courage does not mean that You want to have that thing inside of you that says, hey, watch it. Hey, weema. Hey, it's not easy. No. Courage is that thing that makes you to say, let me proceed with what I believe I need to do, even though they are equal to you. So what you are perceiving is, this is fear. It's actually something that happens to almost everybody but you have been given a spirit in you that is supposed to suppress that feeling, suppress those emotions, suppress everything so that you rise up to the occasion. I hope you understand what I'm saying to you. The Midianites were troubling them. This man was already troubled, but even under that kind of stress, he was still trying to salvage whatever he can, saving whatever he can, putting whatever he can away, though he knew that finding this, if they find him doing this, he's in bigger trouble. But there was something in him that kept pushing him. That's the spirit that God is identifying in him. A man of valor. Somebody say hallelujah. That is what God is identifying in him. God is seeing resilience, persistence. He's seeing something in him that says even though we have got great enemies like this, they can crush us. I can still do something. I can still do else that can save us a little bit. He was still acting even under a situation that was so stressful. He was still able to do the little he was doing. And this little that they were able to to save, let me tell you, is the one that God used to prosper them year after year. I want you to understand that God could come to this man because there were people like him that God could see that their effort, I can't allow it to be in vain. Have you ever heard the Bible says what? Your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Whatever you do in the Lord is never in vain. The little you are doing when when you are feeling like you are not certain, you are feeling like you are you are feeling like you are you, you are not, you are, not you, are, you are stepping carefully, child of God. Don't be so much in recognition of that which is feeling like it is doubt and fear. Recognize the spirit that is pushing you forward more. Because it is the spirit who is pushing you more forward. Who is in control. Not the spirit who is making you to feel like, I will fail. I won't make it. No, I will doubt. No. You need to be strong. You need to focus more on the one that says, but carry on. But move forward. But try and see what will happen. What if, man of God, I try, the outcome is not positive. It's not good. It's not what I expected. Never mind. Never mind. Keep trying. Keep doing. Keep moving forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, children of God? You you cannot be limited by this thing. I'm feeling like, no, no, I'm afraid. I've got fear. Then it means, no. A child of God does not have what? Fear. Think about these people. Year after year, they were given over. Again, what I want you to think about is this. It says for seven years. Imagine a child was born on the first year that this whole issue started. When this child was six years, five years, seven years, they find themselves in the midst of what they don't even know. Is it not true? They find themselves in the midst of another trouble, another challenge that they don't even know how it came about. All they know is I'm born at a time where we are hiding food sometimes. We run about. Hey, when people like this come midianites you don't take out the food and eat because they'll take it away from you. When people like this come, you don't talk too much. They just grew up in that time. They found themselves there at the time when things were like this. But the Bible says they kept moving forward. Life will never stop because I'm facing this. Life will never stop because I'm going through this. Life will never stop because there's a mountain before. Are you getting me? Life will never stop because there's a valley separating me, standing between me and my progress and my success. Life will never stop because there's a giant before me. Mm -mm. Life will never stop. And it does not mean that every day is the right day to stand before the giant. It does not mean that every day is the right day. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? There is a day that God will say, Man of Valor, woman of Valor, Get up. Take control. Take charge. What makes many to be compromising their faith is this. Imagine if they tried something on year one. That could have amounted to discouragement because of the failure. Year two, strategy they tried, not working. Year three, strategy tried, not working. Year four, strategy tried. Five. Are, are somebody following me? Six. Maybe they say, let's fast more. Let's go to the temple more. Let's do this more. Yes, seven. God comes and says, I've seen a man that I can use to deliver my people. He comes to Gideon and says, you man of valor. Look at it. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope this is speaking to them. Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. says, you man of valor. Look at verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Look at Gideon's answer. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Oh, have I not sent you? I I feel like my God telling me, "says Corombi, have I not sent you? Have I not called you and sent you? Yes, yes, we can keep talking about, but my Lord, where are your miracles? Oh my God, where are your wonders? Oh my God, where, where are you when things are going bad, when people are doing this, when people are rejecting, when people are talking, where are you? But God said, can you rise? Go in this your might. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. That's how many of us we look at ourselves. But God does not look as a man. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I will be with you. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Somebody say, Me and God, we are majority. Tell us ever again, I say, Me and God, I and God, we are majority. He says, Go in this thy might. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Not only that, I am with you. I will be with you, child of God. I will be with you, is what he's saying. Go. Go in the strength you're having. Even sometimes when you feel like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Just go. Did you have the same challenges? But look at me. Look at my family. We are not big people. We are not great in number. We are not that strong. They are better families than my family. They are stronger families than our family. Why me? Why choose me? Because you are the one. You are the one. Somebody you must still be asking yourself, why me? Why me? I have asked myself that question many times. Oh God, when you were choosing. Did you run out of options? Oh Lord, when you were choosing, what happened? Have I not? Have I not? Have I qualified? God will keep saying, have I not chosen you? Go. Go. The same word I'm speaking to you, the same word I always hear as the word that God will speak. is the same word I believe is speaking to you. Have I not chosen you? Have I not sent you? Have I not called you? Have I not appointed you? Go in the strength that you are having. Go. Even if sometimes you are feeling doubt, you are feeling intimidated, Gideon was still feeling challenged. Remember when he was continuing going forward, he was still asking many, many things because he was still having challenges. It was not like the conversation he had with the Lord circled the matters. It doesn't matter how many sermons, how many teachings, how many Bible reading. You can go through the Bible so many times. But there are certain things that whenever they come, they will put you on your toes. And you have to understand that the toes you are using to to balance yourself, as long as you are with the Lord, He will sustain you. You may be tiptoeing, but you'll get where you're supposed to be. You might be moving on your knees, you'll get where you're going. You might be limping, you'll get where you're going. You might be not seeing 100%, but you will reach where you're going. Because you are not doing everything by yourself. He says, I have sent you. That's number one. Number two, I will be with you. You are not alone. You are never alone. You are never alone. And you will never be alone. Gideon said, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? What a question that many of us we can relate to. Why all these things has happened if you are with us? You know, looking into the present and what is happening in the present is a very, very great discouragement and a robbery to a person who is living by faith. Because if you look at what is happening presently, you will never be able to focus ahead. What happens now serves to give us lessons that will strengthen us to where we are going. Lessons that will help us to be sharpened, to be ready to where we are going. Think about some people who lost everyone in the family who was Helping them, sustaining them. Helping them to have food on the table. All of a sudden, they will develop mindset that will make them to start thinking like grown-up, mature others. They will start to think things they never thought possible. And when they implement them, they begin to succeed. I know many who have succeeded that way. It can only be God. The Bible says they left them nothing to sustain them. But God still kept them going forward. You might be going through many things that sometimes you are left with nothing to sustain you. Nothing. You lose all strength. It means nothing is sustaining you now. You lose all power to do anything. But listen, there's still some might in you. There's still some strength in you. There's still something in you that's still resilient, that still resists. That still says carry on. Soon it will be a new dawn. Hallelujah. That time came for the children of Israel. They defeated the Midianites. They had the victory. What I wanted you to see on this encounter is what God did through a life of just an ordinary man who was facing fears, doubts, challenges, trials. But because of the spirit of God in him, because of the spirit of valor, spirit of courage that he had in him, God positioned him for victory. It wasn't the easy one. It was very difficult. If you know the story, you will know that he passed through so many things. So many things. By the time he really reached a point where they defeated the medianized, ah, Gideon had gone through a lot of things. He asked for a sign. Hey, show me this sign. If indeed it is you, if you say this, let dew fall here. Uh, you know, it, typical of how people we can think, how people will react when challenge comes. But God has proven. That he's God. He works even with verses that seem to be weak. He works even with verses that seem to be afraid. Full of doubt. Intimidated. Afraid. Verses that are not sure. As long as when you are not sure. You don't close that door. And stop God from working through you. As long as in the middle of that fear. You don't close and shut down. And close God from pushing you forward. As long as in the middle of your uncertainty, you don't close the door and not allow the Spirit of God to still encourage you or speak to you to move forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There will be a moment. You say, I, I don't know. I'm afraid. This and this. But God wanted to prove to him that I'm still the same God of your fathers. The same God you are saying, Where are you? We used to hear about you that you are God of miracles. As I said in the beginning, What is challenging? even Christians today is. We know the theory, like Gideon knew the theory. But the practical side of experiencing God's power, grace, and anointing was far from them. But a day came. I don't know. It might be that Gideon grew up, we are just talking about seven years here of challenge. But the way Gideon is speaking is like to me now, the way he's speaking He has never encountered this God. Are you with me? Because if he had encountered him, he was going to say, God, where is the God that I saw when I was growing up? The same God that our fathers used to speak about. No, it's like now the way he's speaking here. He's speaking as a man who has never seen this God, but he heard stories about this God, how great he is. That's why I'm giving an example by imagine a child was born day one, year one, Seven years down the line, this child's experience of life is different from another child was born in a different era. Are you with me? And again, the Bible says wherever there were judges who were judging the, uh, the people of Israel in the land of Israel, there was peace during that time. And usually it will be a period of 40 years. So imagine somebody was born when that judge was in place. He was now 25, 30. Are you with me? This means this person has 30 years But they've never experienced this God that the judge who was reigning experienced him from the I I hope you're getting what I'm saying to you. This, This person has never experienced. This person has never seen this God this way. But somebody who's living with them in the same land knows this God and this power. He knows how he's able. He knows how he can do things. He can change lives. He knows. So, child of God, there are some that we know. God is able. God can do all things. God can transform your life. You can be in a situation that does not seem, it can change anytime soon. But God, but God, God, ah, the life changer, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, when he does his own thing, life is always transforming. Experiences might be different, but God is the same. The one who saw God then at a certain time, the one who sees God now, might not be the same, but he's still the same God. If he needs to bring the same result that he brought in the 80s, he can bring it today. If he needs to bring the same result he brought in the 40s, he can do it today. If he needs to bring the same thing that he did in the year 2000, 2000 years ago, he can still do the same. Hallelujah. He's still able. He's never powerless. He's never weak. He's never losing sight or losing his strength or anything, he's still all-powerful, almighty. and That's why he was reminding that, ah, the same thing you heard from your fathers, I'm still the same. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, it says in verse 7, Now, the stuff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. I believe when these words were spoken, fear fell upon the whole army of Israel. They were so afraid. When David came, he found them filled with fear. He found them watching at a distance, afraid to even go close because of the words that these men were speaking. Words are very dangerous, children of God. Words can break down a strong man into a coward. Words. Words can break down a person who is so full of courage, a person who is so determined into somebody who is now intimidated. People were sent at one time to go and check the land which God promised. Imagine God saying, Go, I'm taking you to a place where I want you to see the promises. That the promises that I made for you are true. It's not a lie. And when they reached there, they saw the promises. But it was not only the promises they saw. They saw giants. Men of of, of the the tribe of Anak. Great men like these Philistines big. They were like grasshoppers before them. What do they do when they come back? They come back to spread a report of how they are going to be defeated, how they were looking like grasshoppers and forget about emphasizing that everything God had said is there. Many things that happen in our lives come to make us to forget that everything God had promised is there. The life is there. Everything that is said belongs to us is there. When you are pressing this button and things don't go, when you are trying these things don't go, all these things work to make you to want to think that maybe the things that God promised is not there. And if you were ever to get an advantage where you are seeing that indeed they are there, before you get hold of them, there will be a lot of intimidation. There will be a lot of challenges. There will be a lot of things that when you weigh them, you begin to see that, it's like the journey to go and possess my possessions It's dangerous. It's life-threatening. It's like it's going to leave me without anything. It's going to leave me destroyed. But listen, children of God, we learn this, we read passages like this to remind us, to help us to remember that no matter what comes, No matter what people face. His promises are true. His promises are yes. His promises are everlasting. His promises are always there. He is a promise keeper. He is a way maker. He is a life changer. He is a great God. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. David, when he came, he came to a people who have heard threats. You know when you are preaching a message to people who have only experienced negative things, it's not easy for them to believe. It's not easy for them to trust. It's not easy for them to say yes. When you live with a person who has experienced a lot of hardship, a lot of discouragement, disappointments, it's not easy. No matter how good you try to be, no matter how you try to speak, no matter how wonderful, these things they live scarce. They stamp something that makes somebody to no longer live the life they need to live. From what they listened, the words they heard, the Philistines defying the God of Israel. When they looked at themselves, they saw themselves very small. They saw themselves not a match for the great Philistines when they compared their weapons to the armor of the Philistines theirs were small because when you when you when you think about the description you are hearing here how big the spearhead was whatever they compared their weapons they say, Ah, we we are no match when they look at the place where the battle was about to take place it was in the valley in that valley they had no advantage if, if these giants can surround them, they, they will just kill them in the valley. It will be a valley of dry bones that Ezekiel was, 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 was taken to by God. Hallelujah. So there was a lot which seemed to be of a disadvantage. But when a young man called David came to the scene, look at it in verse 24 as I'm closing. Verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the man of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and will give his father's house, exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done? Of the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God, not a dead God, a living God. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab his oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you, you have come down to see the battle. Now, I mean, David, children of God, was not a courageous man because his life was that different from others. No. Look at how his brother is speaking to him. Look at the rejection. Look at what he sees when he gets there. If you see men who are stronger, bigger, running away, that can affect. If you can see people who are of faith before you, pastors, deacons, elders, afraid of something, surely, when you're a young person in the Lord, you can run away also. If you can see how Today in the world, people of God are being defeated by sin. Great people, stories that we are hearing, it can intimidate those who are now believers to say, can can this life really be possible to live it? Can we really make it? Can we really survive? And the truth is yes. It just depends on how you are trained yourself. David was trained by his experiences. Remember what I said in the beginning? When we're starting life experiences, they come to train us, to keep us. They come to prepare us to where we are going. David had his own experiences. I know that when the bear came out, it might have shook him. But when he was seeing the bear trying to catch one of his flock, one of the from the flock that he was taking care of, he stood up to control. I'm still emphasizing. Don't think that he was not having small fear. But it was that he mastered how to suppress his fear so that he can take control of the situation. Tell somebody, learn to master your fear so that you can take control of the situation. No matter how big it was, it was to prepare him for challenges like this one. He was not afraid to fight the Philistines. He was not afraid of the stature because he learned to master To suppress his fears. David was so afraid. Of Saul. Who was smaller. But you know what made him to be afraid? David knew a secret. That you don't cross the path. That God says you don't cross this path. When God said to him. Touch not my anointed. David knew that is the principle he must live by. David was a spiritually principled man. He knew and he was controlled and by the fear of the Lord. That's why he was not happy when he heard an uncircumcised man stand and speak against Jehovah, the God of the armies of Israel. He couldn't understand how these trained soldiers could not go out and defend if not for themselves the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord. Why they can't go out and stand for the name of the Lord. But David Reminded himself of God's protection, God's love, God's sovereignty. And he says, I cannot allow the name of my God to be spoken against like this. God stood with him. David came back with victory. Life is not just a bed of roses. No, life is full of many, many things good and some not so good. Let us remind ourselves when good times come, it's a time to refresh. It's a time to refresh. Eh? It's a time to just relax and enjoy yourself and refresh. Even God, the Bible says on the seventh day when He finished, He relaxed, He rested. It's time to refresh. But you must know that when the season like that comes, there's other seasons that will follow. When life is not so much promising, things are not so much good. Things are not at their best. That is the time we need to remind ourselves of the promises of God even more than ever. It's a God who keeps His promise. He is the same today as He was in the time of David, as He was in the time of Noah, as He was in the time of Abraham, as He was in the time of Adam. He's still the same God. He still speaks the same language. I will be with you. He still speaks the same language. He's a God. He doesn't speak many, many words. Because he is not a hired servant. He is the creator. He is responsible to his creation. And he knows how to look after his creation. He said to Gideon, Go in this thy strength. What did the woman who was the widow do in the time of Jesus? She went with her strength to the offering basket, and she offered the two mites. Are you with me? It was a strength. She went with her strength. There's something that pleases God when we go in the strength of what he has provided, what we have. Not trying to, to fake what we don't have. No. But when we go with the strength of what we have. You know, when we read about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, we think that maybe they were not even afraid. If If there was no Issue of something like that. Think about their statement. Oh King, let it be known to you that we will not bow to your God. If our God will be merciful to us and save us, glory be to his name. But if he doesn't, they were supposed to just say, uh, oh, 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 oh King, we know. We know God will save us, put it us in there. But I say, but if he doesn't, it means there was an element of say, hey, it's possible, eh? God might not do it. It's possible that today is the final day. Today is the day uh, we are going. There There was that thought, but they found peace with the thought and say, better to obey God than to satisfy a man who tomorrow will change. And indeed, after God brought them out of the fire, the king changed. He began to say, this God is the one. This God is the best God. Man can change anytime. Somebody say, hallelujah. So we serve a mighty God. We save a great God who's trustworthy, who's faithful. And He is more responsible. He is more loving. He is more caring. If we look and focus on Him, God can sue us through anything. So, today, learn to master your fears. Tell your neighbor, learn to master your fears. Take charge of your fears. And allow strength to arise from within. Your doubts, your fears, whatever is challenging you, master it and rise above it, and you'll conquer. You'll make it. So God bless you. God love you. God be with you.